Welcome to Foundations of Emo, hosted by Claire and Danny. Each episode we take one of our favourite bands and dive deep into their history and origins, reminiscing on our own emo roots along the way. She did it with no script, guys. She did it. No, I was trying to say it in my own head alongside you, but I forgot to say hosted by Claire and Danny. So I panicked a bit when it got to (laughs) each episode. I was like, what do we do each episode? (laughs) What what is this? What is this? Where am I? (laughs) Oh, dear. See, now you have to do it next time with them. No pressure. No pressure. If you want to do 84 takes. (laughs) Well, usually it is with it. Well, that's fair. That's fair. How are you? I am so good. I cannot believe it's been a week since the wedding of the year. Wedding of the year. Emo wedding of the year. Emo wedding of the year. I mean, it's the only wedding I've been to this year. It's still wedding of the year regardless. It's just so good. It was amazing. It was the best dance floor I've ever been on. Like song after song was banger after banger. Donnie kept dragging me every time we went to sit down. The intro would start for the next song and we'd just be up dancing again. Yeah, we had like so many moments we just locked eyes across the dance floor and we were like, oh my god! <laughs> I was just one of those ones where it wasn't even like dancing, it was just like being emotive Holding at each other. your heart and like screaming into the other person's face. And then can we talk about the last song? Oh. Like... I, I genuinely thought I was dying when the last song came on. Because <laughs> the DJ was like, this is the very last song of the night. This is the last song. Yeah. This is the last song. And then he put on... I was going to do the riff, but I can't. But he put on Ohio is for Lovers. Ohio is for like, Lovers. I literally grabbed Danny and was like, is this happening? Is this real life? Is this happening? <laughs> there were many drinks on board. But that stage, we were like, is this our real lives? <laughs> and we were like, come on, like, <laughs> Doing the screaming parts oh, and everything. so good. And then I was talking unreal. to Joanne afterwards and she said they hadn't picked the last song. So we asked them and the two of them were like, uh, I don't know, this one. I was like, it was a great choice. Yeah, they obviously just saw us across the room and were like, well. Yeah. <laughs> We've just done the episode. It was all very in theme. Yes, it was great. It was excellent. It was excellent. And then there was a second night and that had more emo tunes. It did have more emo tunes. I, I went- never even said to you they played a Cute Is What We Aim For. Aww. And I had a good like three no, wait, minutes of being like, what is this song? What is what's this? What's the intro to it? I got the gift of one-liners and you got the curse of curse. Wait, is that not the curse curse? Yeah. Oh, sorry. 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 I'm the band. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> oh my God. Do you even have an emo podcast, Claire? <laughs> Who am I? Anything exciting happening? Anything exciting happening this week? No. <laughs> Just in general. Life in general. Yeah, like in the next coming so we weeks. We have a lot of gigs coming up. We do. We have a very exciting October. We'll talk more about that later on. Yeah. But we will be... Going to three gigs. Three gigs. We have Loveless. We have Funeral for a Friend in yeah. Manchester. And we have Fall Out Boy in <gasps> Brussels. I can't believe that's so soon. I know. Ah. Next one's going to fly in. It's just ah. so exciting. I'm excited for it. I'm I'm my birthday. God. Oh, yeah. How could you forget? Claire's getting older. Oh, okay. As if that's... it was possible. <laughs> I say like you're not like two months older than me. <laughs> Shut up. Well, today we're going to talk about architects. I'm so excited about this episode. I wrote it so long ago now that I had to go back and reread it because (laughs) I forgot everything that happened in it. So I'm excited to share it with you. I could not tell you one thing about this band. Not one thing. Good. Literally not one. Good. I didn't actually know much about them either, to be fair. And I was just inspired because I went to see them a couple of months ago. And then I was like, they were playing them a lot. And I was like, do you know what? I know they have a story. And I looked it up and now I'm going to share with you guys. What is your, like, what's your architect story? Like, how did you start listening to them or? So one of my ex-boyfriends got me into them. That's it? That's the story. (laughs) Yeah, that's literally it. And then I've definitely seen them. I traveled to Glasgow to see them one year. 
and I think I saw them at that elusive Leeds festival that I don't know much about whereas I saw them in Dublin I'm not sure mm. but they remind me of being in my early 20s really mm-hmm. that's funny they were a band that I kept reading about and hearing about all the time and from what everybody said and from what bands they played with and what bands they were compared to and stuff I was like I know I will really like them if I listen to them but me being me never listened to them <laughs> And then I went to download in 2017 and I knew they were playing and I was like, not dying to see them, but I was like, I would like to see them if we're not doing anything else at that time. And then I was literally walking across the grounds of download past one of the smaller stages. And I was like, what is that music? That sounds really good. I was like, what is that? And I walked over and it was Architects. And I was like, I can't believe I've never listened to them before. Why am I like this? You missed out. So now I've seen them twice since. I saw them supporting Biffy Clyro last November in the Three Arena. And then I saw them in Budapest last month. I did have tickets to go to that. Oh yeah, I forgot. see Architects. And then I didn't. Why didn't I go? Because I'm a flake. You had a headache or something. I was like, Claire, where are you? You're like, I'm not coming. I always have a headache. Those memes (laughs) about like girls who have headaches, stomach issues and depression. I'm like, hey, it's me. Yeah. I was like, it's fine. And I left before Biffy Clyro finished because they're not good. (laughs) They're not. I'm sorry. Controversial. I wouldn't be an episode without me saying something that everyone hates. (laughs) So architects aren't emo. Are we saying that? Listen, I've stopped trying to categorize them. To be fair, like their albums change so much throughout the years that they kind of change genres. Mm-hmm. They start out as like technical metalcore. And like now I would say like their most recent albums, I would say are more, I want to say like anthemic rock. Like I feel like they're really, um, I'm making up my own words. <laughs> I feel like they're very like epic. Like they're like yeah. big soundscapes, like and. I would call them post-hardcore because that's what I like to they call everybody. <laughs> that is not emo and I don't know what else they are. So I'm like, post-hardcore. Okay. Well, let's find out. Let's get into it, the story. I hope you're going to tell me why they're called architects. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Because um, uh, their dad's an architect. <laughs> architects were formed in Brighton, England in 2004 by twin brothers, drummer Dan and guitarist Tom Searle. The band was originally called Counting the Days before becoming architects. That's it. Yeah, that's all I get. That's it. I don't know why they're called architects, but I like it a lot better than counting the days. I like the fact they don't call themselves the architects. Yeah. Like I actually, I was reading like articles and stuff and then they were in some like the Daily Mail and shit and they were like, the architects. And I'm like, no. <laughs> so all members of the band were heavily involved in the music scene in Brighton and played in various other bands before this. They recruited Matt Johnson on vocals, Tim Hillier-Brook on guitar and Tim Lucas on bass. Sorry, Tim Hillierbrook. Like, can you get a more, like, posh London name? <laughs> oh, Mr. Tim Hillierbrook. It flies Emirates. <laughs> In 2005, they released their first demo, which was only available for family and select friends. Which, to me, sounds really strange. Yeah. Why would you make music and then be like, only people I know can listen to it? Maybe it was to get their opinions and stuff. I feel like if I made music, I'd be like, I want everyone who I don't know to hear yeah, it. And nobody I know that can listen I would to be it. the exact same. It's not like this podcast. I'm like, please tell a stranger's listen to this, but nobody I know. Yeah. When someone in real life is like, I listen to the podcast, you're like, oh my God, no. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> Why? <laughs> in 2021, they auctioned a copy of this demo for charity. So obviously when they got big and yeah. years later. So in May 2006, they released their debut album, Nightmares, through Distort and In at the Deep End Records. I went on a deep dive to be like, how can it be released through Two. different labels? Yeah. And it, like, it's actually not that surprising. I could have just probably thought about it. Sometimes it's different countries. 
So it'll be released through I Distortion, like the UK, and then something else in Australia or whatever um, it was. So that's why. I never would have got that. Yeah. So the band produced the album themselves with the help of Carl Bearham. Carl didn't have a Wikipedia, so I decided to Google his name to find out more about him. And I learned that he worked closely with Dallas Green of City and Colour and Lex on Fire. And while on tour with Dallas in Australia in 2019, he was killed in a scuba diving accident. That is sad. That is so sad. This was the start of my research and I was like, oh my God. That's absolutely tragic. It's really sad. To be like, what other albums has he done? No. Well, mainly, like, he literally was on tour with Dallas Green. Like, he worked really close, closely with him. That's the main information I found. And then... Side. Oh. He just ran out of air when he was scuba diving. What? Yeah. So sad. That is... That's... Oh. So, in 2006, bassist Tim Lucas decided to leave to pursue his academic career and was replaced by Alex Dean. The band toured the UK extensively as support for other bands, including Bring Me the Horizon and Beecher, and to promote their album. Because of the age of the members, they had to work around their college schedules in order to tour. And I just want to say that this is very different to a lot of the other bands we've covered. Where they quit. When they're like 15 years old and they like drop out of school to tour and stuff. Which like, I mean, fair play. But at the same time, it's like, oh, these are all doing college. Because in the UK, college would be like your leave insert. But like a lot of people in the UK don't don't even bother doing that so I think it's really cool that they actually like finished it just six months after the release of the album vocalist Matt Johnson left the band apparently the split was amicable and Matt went on to form another band called White Mare (laughs) Dan said that they'd seen Sam Carter perform with other bands and so it was an easy choice to try to recruit him as a vocalist for Architects they approached Sam while he was at work and he came to a few band practices and the rest is history that's cute I just like that's all I found but it was like I saw him playing with other bands, but we were like, we'll take him. Like, did, did he get a say? Or like, what about the other bands? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Imagine just going to see a band and be like, we'll have you, please. Yeah, exactly. How did this happen? When he joined, he made his onstage debut performing the song, The Darkest Tomb. So yeah, that first album is very, very technical metalcore. You know, those like technical guitars. It's just mm-hmm. like, rah, 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 rah. Yeah, yeah. I did not enjoy listening to did it. did not enjoy it. I was super nice. I was like, is this honestly how many albums of this do I have to listen <laughs> yeah. to? Because I because I only got into Architects in 2017. I'd kind of only listened to yeah. like from then on, and I never went back. And then when I went back Same. to this, I was like, oh wow, okay, yes, they've come a long way. <laughs> just very demo-y or something. Mm. I don't know. It's yeah. like they hadn't found their sound. Yeah, yeah. So they were just trying everything. Yeah, and it was not for me. So they released their second album, Ruin, in 2007 through United by Fate, Distort, and Century Media Records. The album was produced by John Mitchell, Ben Humphreys, and the band themselves. John Mitchell is an Irish musician and producer who has been in various different bands. And I just listed a few because I liked the names of the bands. So they were It Bites, Frost, with a little asterisk beside it. That's part of the band name. And Gandalf's Fist. (laughs) Why Gandalf's Fist? I don't know. I don't know. But I laughed so much that I had to include it. So he has produced for bands such as Enter Shikari and Fiona for Friend. Yeah. Ben Humphreys produced a lot of music for Rudimental, as well as Ed Sheeran and Enter Shikari. Yeah, I just thought, like, when I looked up his discography to see what other bands he had produced for, it was like, Rudimental, 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 Ed Sheeran, Rudimental, Rudimental, Enter Shikari, Rudimental. And I was just like, wow, that is, like, everything Rudimental does. Yeah. (laughs) So despite having only released Nightmares the previous year, the band felt they had developed a lot as songwriters and so wanted to get something out sooner. Sam stated that there was a lot of pressure on him to write the vocals for the album as there was only six weeks between him joining the band and them going into the studio to record. 
Ow. They're like, you, you're our singer now. Yeah. Right. You've got six weeks to write an album. God. <laughs> it's intense. So Dan said that Sam tended to draw more on personal experiences for his lyrics than Matt ever did. Stylistically, the album is said to have a more fluid, yet darker metalcore sound and cleaner vocals on some tracks when compared to Nightmares. Vocally, Matt tended more to scream, while Sam does more of a hardcore punk shout. And that same year, they supported Suicide Silence on their The Cleansing the Nation tour in the US. Uh, so Ruin as an album. Couldn't tell the difference. It was another, yeah, past So wait, hang on, there was two different singers. Yeah. No, didn't know that. I was, even when I was, I was listening, it's not that obvious because like, I think Sam's vocals are very distinct now. Like if I heard it, I'd be like, that's Sam. Yeah. But like in the earlier albums, no, no he sounded like everybody else. Yeah. In 2008, they released a split EP with UK band Dead Swans. <laughs> the vocalist Nicholas Worthington did guest vocals for their track Broken Clocks and the EP featured two songs from each band. So Architect songs were Broken Clocks and Were All Alone, which they then worked onto the album Hollow Crown. They said they wanted to release the EP to show that they were still progressing their style. The EP was well received by critics and the band went on to do a co-headline tour of the UK. Uh, why would you call your band Dead Swans? Because <laughs> it's so dark and metal. I imagine sitting here and being like, hang on, hang on, hang on, I got it. Dead Swans, that's it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like, I don't know what I, how I feel about these like split EP things. I feel like if you happen to love both bands, it would be really cool. But yeah. Otherwise, you're like, I just want, like, my band's thing and not the other band's. Can you name someone else that's done one? I feel like I've never heard of this. No, we. there was another episode. It was Take... Was it Take a Mac Sunday and someone? No. No. No, because you did the Take a Mac Sunday yeah. episode. So it was a band I did. Same thing happened. Do you used? Mm, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember all of the information I learned for these episodes. <laughs> they all roll into one. So in May 2008, the band announced that they'd been signed to Century, Century Media Records for a three-album deal. Alex Dean, who usually goes by Ali, he's a new bassist, said that the signing was important for the band to be part of such an established label and it's absolutely sweet that our records are going to be out worldwide. I just thought that was really cute. <laughs> that is super cute. What age are they then around this time? I think they were young, like 16, 17, 18. Like Oh. Well, no, like when they started. Oh, so yeah, now yeah, they're yeah. like a little yeah, bit. Yeah. yeah. What did you think of, of Hollow Crown actually as an album? No, again, um, like the first four albums, like this is the same album to me. So Hollow Crown is the album that like the fans are like, play Hollow Crown, play Hollow Crown because it's so metal. And when they started, like their newer stuff is obviously like really different to that. Yeah. So there's always those like fucking RSLs that are like, play Hollow Crown. It's like fucking people going to see Bring Me and asking for Suicide Silence or Suicide Season. That'd be me. <laughs> suicide Season. No. It'd... Yeah, I don't think it would be. <laughs> Dead babies. <laughs> yeah, no, the Hollow Crown is like the album that they're known for in the like yeah. hardcore metal scene doesn't do much for me honestly no. i think it's better than the first two but it's still like mm. it I gets did, a bit more melodic like yeah well, i was just kind of waiting for each album i was like there's gonna be a bit more on this one for me and each album i was like mm, no <laughs> so they re-released rune gl- globally with broken clocks as a bonus track they then went on the never say die tour supporting parkway drive around europe alongside unearth despised icon and protest the hero and like i'm not familiar with these bands but I know the names like Unearth and Despised Icon to me they're like metal bands so even you can see then like who they're categorised with yeah I've never heard it's very different to like who they play with today they play with Sleep Dog Band 
What? You've never mentioned them before. I know. <laughs> because I can't do a sleep token episode, I just have to bring them up on every episode instead. <laughs> so in January 2009, they released their third studio album and first since signing to Century, Hollow Crown. So this was also produced by John Mitchell and Ben Humphreys. The vocals for the entire album were recorded in 14 hours. Stylistically, the band consider this as a natural progression from Ruin. There are more clean vocals on this album and Sam's harsher vocals from the lower register on Ruin are more high-pitched screams. Sam said that the lyrics are personal to him and that he wrote about everyday life and experiences he had from simple things like sitting in a car with a friend to hating girls. (laughs) Everyday life. Yep. So Dan said that the name of the album Hollow Crown refers to those people you meet in life that earn nothing but are given everything. (laughs) However, when Sam was asked in an interview, he stated, despite that band's hardworking nature, they never seem to regress. And he said, we've always felt like we were a band that worked really, really hard and we never got appreciation for it. I think it's weird because now I feel like they really do get the recognition and I think they're incredible. (laughs) But like back then, like where, what? interesting things were you doing like I'm not saying they weren't working hard but like yeah but what did they do that made them sound any different to any other band exactly they're just like trucking along I don't know Kerrang described the album as carefully layered and brilliantly crafted and gave it their maximum 5k rating oh yeah like metal Metal. people really liked this album as I said in an interview in 2018 Sam said I love Hollow Crown because I was a really angry 18 year old that didn't know how to look after his voice And that was the part of the charm to it. Yeah, they were little babies. Wow. Which again is this conversation we have all the time about like bands progress because they get older and they're not the 18 year old angry people they were at the start. They have grown up. That's why they don't make more hollow crown albums, basically. So to promote the album, they did a headline tour of the UK with support from Misery Signals and A Textbook Tragedy, which is an excellent name for a band. They also supported Parkway Drive along with August Burns Red in Australia. Then they headlined the Never Say Die tour for the UK dates. The lineup also included Despised Icon, Horse the Band, As Blood Runs Black, I Wrestled a Bear Once, Oceano, and The Ghost Inside. There's some good band names there. (laughs) As Blood Runs Black. In January 2011, they released their fourth album, The Here and Now, through Century Media Records. It was recorded with producer Steve Evitz in his The Omen Room Studios in California. He's previously produced for The Used, Census Fail, and Alisana. So drummer Dan said, a lot of bands go for super fake sounding recordings that no band can recapture live. And that's exactly what we wanted to move away from. The record really captures the energy that we have as a live band. While in California, Sam received vocal training to develop his singing range, where he learned singing techniques, warm ups and singing to scales. I think you can tell his vocals do like improve and you Mm -hmm. can tell he's actually worked on them. The album features guest vocal appearances from Andrew Newfield of Comeback Kid and Greg Pucciato of the Dillinger Escape Plan. Do you remember them? The name is so familiar. They were never a band that I really got into. No, they supported someone at some stage, did they? Probably. So the Dillinger Escape Plan were actually a big influence on Architects. Hmm. So the record has a half-time rhythmic tempo, oh, yes. intense drumming, anthemic choruses, and a contrast between screamed vocals and clean emo rock vocals. The lyrics are also far more positive than on earlier releases. So it received mixed reviews from critics, but generally negative reactions from fans. After the release of the record, the band aimed to distance themselves from its release. The band also disliked the direction for some of the music videos for the record. In particular, they hated the Heartburn music video, which they said made them look like Westlife. <laughs> I've actually been meaning to look this up because I really want to see them as Westlife. Can I look it up? Can I look it up? Let's look it up. 
At this time, Sam talks about how he would regularly go to bars and drink by himself. And it got to such a point that the rest of the band staged an intervention for him. Oh, which I think is really sad. What do you think of this album? I liked it better than the first three. I think I wrote this before I'd ever listened to it. And the way that they were talking about distance, distancing themselves from it and not like singing the songs and looking like Westlife. I was like, wow. I thought, I thought it was going to be like an album of ballads. And then I've been listening to it over the past couple of days. And I'm like, it's actually, I quite enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. That's why I was surprised when you said they tried to distance themselves. I was like, I, don't I like think it. it's just such a departure from Hollow Crown. And yeah. then they got such kickback about that. I think that's why they hate it so much. But I feel real bad for them because I think the quote from Sam earlier on, where he was like, we don't get recognition and we work so hard. And then to release Hollow Crown and that got like five star reviews. And then release the next one and everyone is like, what the fuck are you doing? I think it's such a, like, kick in the teeth. I mean, I wonder what Karan gave this album. Well, I didn't write it down, so. A month after the album's release, they announced the departure of bassist Ali Dean due to family commitments. In July, they announced that he rejoined. <laughs> Wait, what? How many months was that? Five months. So for the five months where Ali was gone, Casey Lagos from Stick to Your Guns filled in as a touring bassist. They then went on tour supporting Bring Me The Horizon around Europe and the US for most of 2011. In May 2012, they released the fifth studio album, Daybreaker, through Century Media and Zestone Records. It was co-produced by the band themselves and Ben Humphreys. The band aimed to mix their typical sounds with the music that they were listening to at the time. During the publicity for The Here and Now, the band praised it as a progression for them. They did not want to reject an album they had just released, but their own lack of belief in the record and their growing concern that they were irrelevant started to severely affect the band's confidence in themselves and their style. With Daybreaker, Tom said, Some people might say we've regressed, but I think we found our enthusiasm for playing heavy music again. I'm excited again by what I've come up with on guitar, and lyrically, it's much more political and less personal. The album features guest vocals from Ollie Sykes of Bring Me The Horizon, and if you'll remember, Sam actually did guest vocals on Suicide Season. Mm, oh, so I like their little mates. <laughs> Drew York of Straight From The Path and John Green of Deez Nuts, who they chose because of the satanic quality they felt that his voice has. Uh-huh. <laughs> what an incredible thing to say about someone. Your voice is like so satanic, man. I love it. It's got that real satanic quality about it. <laughs> Lyrically, the album covers topics such as religion and society. Devil's Island is about rioting, while Black Blood is about the oil industry. I could definitely see how it got heavier again on this album. This is where I joined. This is where I joined the Architects fan base. <laughs> this album. I do. I like this album. I actually like it a lot. I really like it. But it is heavier than the last one. You can see that they're like, oh, actually, maybe. Let's go back to them. Yeah. <laughs> Let's stray away. But I, I think it's sad that they totally discredited the here and now. Like, yeah. That's gone now. We don't it talk about that. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Don't, don't talk about Bruno. Delete. Delete. So in April 2012, just before the album release and when it was fully recorded, they announced the departure of guitarist Tim Hilliabrook as he wished to pursue other projects. The band stated that they thought that Tim had seemed unhappy while he was a member of Architects. Josh Middleton of Silosis joined the band as touring guitarist. To promote the album, they played several large European festivals over the summer before embarking on the Daybreaker Almost World Tour, which covered Southeast Asia, Australasia, North America, Europe and the UK. So it was 75 shows in 25 countries. The UK leg featured a gig at UK Warp Tour, a one-day festival headlined by Bring Me The Horizon and Lost Profits. <laughs> oh God. Can, <laughs> again, can we just not mention them? Yeah. <laughs> Ever? They just come up so often. Perfect oh. stories. <laughs> I want to listen to their songs. So. 
Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't. I'll admit wow. it. I'll admit it. Wow. During the tour, guitarist Tom noticed a mole on his leg, which was irritating him. And once returning home, he had it examined, was told it was non-cancerous, and it was removed. I included this because yeah, that's, like- they have a song called Cancer on their next album. Oh. Or the, one of the albums. And it's based on that. So they filmed a documentary called 100 Days, the story of Architects Almost World Tour, while on the tour, which they released in April 2013. I watched this. It's actually on YouTube. If you want to watch it. Mm. It's not a great documentary. I enjoyed getting to know them. Yeah. But nothing interesting. It's just like little clips of them playing shows. And then them like walking around cities being like, wow, I can't believe we're here. This is so cool. And then just like, like really nice, like scenic shots of the cities. That's going to be us in Manchester. (laughs) And like, I don't know. Not... There's no, like, scandal or yeah. drama or... And, like, they're quite... I don't want to say, like, a serious band, but, like, other things I've seen, like, behind the scenes of bands, they're, like, all taking the piss out of each other and, like, jumping on each other and, like, yeah. playful and jokes and all, where this was just, like, just fellas walking around the city. And I was like, okay. I mean, it looks nice, but I don't know if, like, you have to watch it, you know? Yeah. Definitely nice scenic shots. <laughs> so funding for the movie was sourced through Indiegogo and their goal was to reach £30,000. They eventually made almost 40. Oh, wow. Contributions to the fund ranged from £1 to have your name in the credits to £50 to see the film debut in a cinema in Brighton. I mean, I presume the band were there at the premiere. God, yeah, you wouldn't pay 50 so quid I would, just to go to the cinema. Yeah, but show. I would definitely pay 50 quid if it meant like oh, the band were, were going to be yeah, there. Yeah, all, I think that's cool. No. Their contract had finished with Century Media by this time, so they decided to release the movie themselves. There was no doubt that they would leave the label once they had completed the three albums, as they apparently fell out on a daily basis. That was a quote. As per. They then joined Epitaph Records, which they believed would help them break the American market, and because they admired other bands who were signed to them, like Every Time I Die and Converge. Who else was signed to that? We mentioned that. Oh, before. loads of people are signed to Epitaph. They were just the ones that they mentioned as yeah. like... People they liked. Yeah. So in March 2014, they released their sixth studio album, Lost Forever, Lost Together, through Epitaph Records. It was recorded in Studio Fredman in Gothenburg, Sweden, and produced by Henrik Udd and Fredrik Nordstrom, who the band chose because they enjoyed the work they did previously for Bring Me the Horizon and At the Gates. Oh, yeah. So lyrically, the album again focuses on things like environmentalism, religious extremism and current affairs, as well as Tom's battle with cancer. Tom was given a lot of creative control over the direction of the lyrics, as Sam felt restricted to always talking about romance. Musically, the album focuses more on post-rock-influenced spacey elements with the use of orchestration and electronics. The album title is derived from the lyrics of Youth is Wasted on the Young. Tom said, We're all lost, everyone's just trying to find their place, and hopefully we'll all get there eventually. The band stated that this was their heaviest album yet! God! But in the way that architects do heavy. And it was released to generally positive reviews. There's another one that I enjoyed. I enjoyed. It's all like Daybreaker and that is like similar vibes. vibes, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what just came to my head there when you were talking about what they write the lyrics about? Hmm. Just imagine trying to write a song about climate change. <laughs> I'd be like, the world is on fire. <laughs> this world is on fire. Oh yeah, shit. Someone's already done that. <laughs> uh, no, like it's actually funny because I listened to Architects for a while before I like really started listening to the lyrics and I was like, oh my God, this is actually about like climate change and oh. stuff. Like they have a song called Black Lungs. Well, spoiler alert, that's on a later album, but... Sounds just a bit like lung cancer. No. It's like black lungs for the young if they dare to breathe and all this stuff. It's literally about oh. the world's being dying. <laughs> this world. 
<laughs> basically. What I did think was interesting in the documentary, actually, is like Sam is barely seen in it. And well, like he's not barely seen, but he doesn't do a lot of the interviews. Like it's mainly the twins who started the band. Like they are such like even all the quotes that I'm pulling from interviews and stuff. It's usually the yeah. lads talking. The lads, <laughs> the lads me, me pals, the uh, twins. Me and the lads from Architects. <laughs> but like Sam actually doesn't talk that much interesting and i've followed sam and dan from architects on twitter for a really long time when i had twitter and they're both like very outspoken and they talk about injustices in the industry and like to be fair dan probably a lot more like had this huge rant about the merch cuts that are or the the cuts that the venues take on merch oh yeah he had this massive thing and it blew up because other bands started like talking about it as well and like they're very clued in and they're they're really intelligent i think is what i find because they stuck to their education. Yeah, I like I I see a huge difference between them and like other bands that we've we've talked about. And their like, statements, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, their statements specifically. <gasps> yeah, they're they're just like well-spoken, articulate, like they're talking about intelligent things. And it's nice. It's refreshing. It is refreshing. <laughs> to support the release of the album, they toured Europe with Strife in the Path and North Lane supporting. Then did a co-headline tour of the US with Let Live before supporting the Amity Affliction in Australia. I love Let Live. Love, love, love. Live, love, love. Love, let live. <laughs> in 2014, it was announced that the entire band went vegan after watching several documentaries on the subject. In February 2015, they announced that Adam Christensen had become a full-time guitarist as opposed to just a touring one. And he'd been touring with them for three years. So. Well, you'd want to. <laughs> Probation period is over. Yeah, they really made him work for it. So in May 2016, they released their seventh studio album, All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us, through Epitaph. Again, at Studio Fredman in Gothenburg was where they recorded it. It was produced by Henrik and Fredrik. I don't know why they got French there when they're definitely Swedish. So Blabbermouth.net described it as the heaviest and darkest work to which architects have ever put their name to. And an album that challenges and progresses a genre long thought to have stagnated and embraces its inspirations at a time when many rock and metal bands seek to hide them in search of mainstream acceptance. <laughs> Did you find that about this album? That's exactly what I thought when I was listening to this. Yeah, I remember you texted me that exact yeah, quote. Yeah, that exact, that's actually a quote from me. Did you know that? Yeah, this album is heavier. So they were touring this album when I saw them at Download for the first time. Mm-hmm. I did find this was heavier than the previous two. See, I when we say heavier... I regard the first few ones as heavier. Yeah. Well, I think this one is. There's a lot of screaming on this as opposed to like less yeah. melody, more screaming, I think, on this one. Because I always remember when I saw them for the first time and the background was like the album cover, which is just like a white. Oh, yeah. But like the black kind of cut out circle thing. Do you like the name of the album? All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us. All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us. Sam explained that the album title oh. is a statement about the dark and weird place the world is these days. We seem to have abandoned the simpler ways of living life and moved to a place where we're just trying to fuck each other over. Whether our gods have abandoned us or we've abandoned them, it's a statement with real impact. When you see that title, you know this is going to be a heavy record. Heavy in title, heavy in songs. (laughs) The album was met with critical acclaim and a writer for Metal Hammer stated that in an album full of loud noises, the loudest noise above it all is the sound of every other metalcore band on earth choking an architect's dust. I like that. I really like that. That's very good. That's very clever. (laughs) So in August 2016, Dan released the following statement on Facebook. It is with unbelievable pain and sadness that I have to announce that at around 12 minutes past midnight on the 20th of August, my amazing brother Tom passed away after living with cancer for more than three years. Oh, why is there so many deaths? (laughs) I know. 
it's really, really sad. And I, I knew he died. That's what kind of why I wanted to do with this episode. Like I knew there was there was death a story. In the family. <laughs> oh, death! I want to do that one. No, but I knew there was like a story. But the more then that I learned about them and that they were twins and they started the band and they were actually the ones who like led the whole band and like Tom was doing so much of the writing yeah. of the songs. Such a core member. Oh, and a twin. And he went to the doctor with that thing on his leg. They cut it out and they were like, it's not cancerous. And then they rang him a few weeks later and were like, actually. But they weren't vocal about it. Like they didn't like tell the fans or anything like that, that he had cancer. God, but on his leg and they cut it out. Cause they're not just... I know when it's like skin cancer, I always think like, ah, you'd be grand. You just cut it out. <laughs> yeah. Like, chop off the leg. Yeah. And he like, he was only a baba. So the statement continues. He was an incredible songwriter and guitarist. He was my closest and oldest friend. He was a funny, intelligent and sweet man. And he leaves an enormous void in all of our lives. Dan said that his brother had been missing from the band's shows for the past 15 months due to receiving cancer treatment. He said the band was forced to cancel a European festival tour and a headline US tour because Tom was taken to hospital in Luxembourg on the 8th of June and placed in a medically induced coma the following day. So he wrote, Doctors told us that it was unlikely that they'd ever be able to wake him. Five days later, against all the odds, he was awake again and in a few short days following that, myself and Tom cancelled the air ambulance that was due to take him home and we got the Eurostar train home. Instead, classic Tom Searle. I just thought that was so cute. So the drummer said that his twin's condition deteriorated in the last two weeks. He added, I don't know what will become of Architects. Me and Tom started playing in a band together when we were 13. And really, Architects is just an evolution of the band that we started all the way back then, over half my life ago. To pretend that Tom wasn't at the heart of everything that the band created would be to show a complete lack of respect to the amazing talent that he was. The band will never be the same and there is simply no denying it. The band will continue on their tour with the UK and European headline slots starting in October and will travel to Australia in a few weeks. He said, We hope that these shows will be an opportunity for everyone out there to show their respects to my wonderful brother. It won't be easy for us to get on stage and play every night without him, but it's something that we must do. We want to carry on. That is important to say, and we will strive to do so. But we will not release any music unless we truly believe that it's something that Tom would have been proud of. Whether or not we can achieve that is something that we will have to discover in time. So I took all that from like an article in The Guardian. But Tom was only 28. That's so sad. That is, it's so sad. God. It is so sad. And then like similar to Hawthorne Heights, like they just went on tour then. Yeah, I mean, what do you do? I mean, that's slightly maybe different in the sense that Hawthorne Heights was like, they just woke up and he was dead. Yeah. Whereas with this, maybe it was like they talked about it. I feel like they would have a... discussed it with him because yeah. he was so involved. And they did say he was absent for touring from for 15 months yeah. because he was sick. So I suppose in a way they were probably used to like doing some things without yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Not the same, he said. Be sad. But Sean Delander of Thy Artist Murder filled in for him on the Australian tour and Josh Middleton of Solosis filled in on the European tour. And on the very last date of the European tour, Sam said, this could be the last time I do this. It's so sad. I actually want to cry. It's so sad. So in March 2017, on an episode of The Swim Podcast, so that's someone who isn't me, Daniel P. Carter interviewed Dan about the death of his brother for the first time, and Dan revealed that he and Tom had written material for a new album before his death. In September, they released the single Doomsday, which features new lead guitarist Josh Middleton in the video. So that's your man from Silosis who was filling in. They kept him on. Mm -hmm. And Dan confirmed that Doomsday was a song that Tom did not get to finish before his death and acts as their way of showing everyone that there's still a future. I was really confused there where you said swim podcast, someone that isn't me. I was like, what? (laughs) I'd never heard of that before. (laughs) So in November 2018, they released their eighth album, Holy Hell, through Epitaph. It was produced by Dan 
and Josh as well, the new guitarist. So obviously he slotted in right away. The main theme of the album is pain. <laughs> I know, but Sorry. I'm also like, but Don't I see laugh. why. I the know. main theme of the album is pain. Yeah. Well, they just buried Tom. Sorry, I kept getting mixed up with their names as well. The two, the two twins. I was like, Tom and Dan, which one's dead? Wait, Tom, wait, no. And it received widespread critical acclaim. And it's so, like, I think this is a really good album and I really like it. But in my head, I was like, well, they could hardly be like, this is a load of shite. <laughs> yeah, that'd be harsh. <laughs> this is about my brother who died and he was a core member of the band. And you're like, well, do better. Not mad about Shit. it. Shit. Play Hano Crown. <laughs> so there were four singles, Doomsday, Hereafter, Royal Beggars and Modern Misery, all of which absolute bangers. And although Doomsday was originally written for All Our Gods, Vanus, but it didn't make that album. So they stuck didn't it on make the Holy cup. Hell. And it's such a good song. That was, Doomsday was like, when I saw them at Download, and I was like, fuck, I can't believe I've been sleeping on this band. I really want to hear them. I went on to Spotify and that was like their number one song at the time. And I just listened to that on repeat. And I actually like, took me a long time to actually listen to anything else. I just kept listening to Doomsday. It's such a good song. So in October 2020, the band released the single Animals and the following day released the tracklist and artwork for the forthcoming album, For Those Who Wish To Exist. So the re- album was released in February 2021 through Epitaph and was again produced by Dan and Josh. The lyrics examine how humans are destroying the planet. Common theme. <laughs> Architects have previously worked with Sea Shepherd, a marine conservation nonprofit, have spoken out against activities such as fox hunting. They focus on sustainability when it comes to their merch and touring. Which I think is pretty cool. cool. But I like that they fucking put their money where their mouth is and they're not just like, we're going to say, oh guys, stop burning the world. Which is a really good impression of of a lot of architects. (laughs) But like, they're vegan. They're supporting like charities. They're speaking out against bad things. They're sustainable when it comes to their merch. I got my merch on right now. Is it sustainable? I presume so. (laughs) So there are said to be a mix of genres on this album, including metalcore, alt metal, prog metal, post-hardcore. (laughs) <laughs> Claire, take a drink. <laughs> Electronic, orchestral, and EDM. There are guest What's vocals. Uh, electro- electronic dance music. Oh, yeah. There are guest vocals from Winston McCall of Parkway Drive, Mike Kerr of Royal Blood, and Simon Neal of Iffy Clyro. There are four singles in this album Animals, Black Lungs, Dead Butterflies, and Meteor. <laughs> Actually, when you read out the names of the songs like that, you're like, yeah, I can see that's about the end of the world and like dead butterflies dead butterflies that me and dead butterflies have a very complicated relationship because <laughs> every time I go to see them I've got like my track list prepared and I know what's gonna play on the set list and every time I'm like here's this fucking song about the fucking dead butterflies but then every time I hear it I'm like such a fucking banger though and like when I was trying to think of what my song to skip would be I was actually like I feel like it has to be dead butterflies and then I put it on and I was like Great song. But it's such a bop. I just wish we weren't singing about dead butterflies. <laughs> Swans, dead butterflies. <laughs> and then at the gig in Budapest, everyone was like doing a little like butterfly Aww. thing. And I was just like, oh my God, this this is a metal concert. <laughs> Why are we all doing butterfly hats? dead, so they should be like... <laughs> <laughs> so the album debuted at number one in the UK and Australia and received generally positive reviews. That's bangers on that. Yeah, Absolutely. I like that song, Animals. Bangers. You like animals, yeah. That's indie sings that song. Yeah, I you know that's when I was listening to it. I was like, "What do I remember about this?" And then I remembered the story. Yeah, I played it for her once, and she really liked it. But then it says like we're just a bunch of fucking animals, and I was like, "Ooh, don't know if I should be playing that to a four-year-old." I think she was four at the time. So then we changed it to fluffy animals. So that's what we sing now. She said the bad word once, though. <laughs> yeah, she, she did. was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I bet it was an accident." <laughs> 
But like then when I have it on in the car or something, I'm like, Fluffy! <laughs> that's a great song. It's a great album. I love I'd say yeah. that's probably my favourite actually out of all their albums. Yeah, I really like it, but it's the nostalgic side of Daybreaker that I just really like. I feel like they they sound like two different bands. Yes. Like to me, this is this is classic architects for me because I think it's very distinct and Sam's voice is very distinct. And like, if I heard it, I'd be like, architects. Whereas yeah. I think the older stuff, even though I liked Daybreaker and the Here and Now and that, they sound completely different. But I also feel like they sound like a lot of other people. Whereas now I finally Fair. feel like they found their sound. Yeah, especially with the later albums that you can keep talking about. Cause what? I won't skip ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so in October 2022, they released their 10th album, The Classics. The Clasps. <laughs> the Clap. The Clap. The Clap. Uh, the Clap. <laughs> oh, we've lost it. We're right at the end. The Classic Symptoms of a Broken Spirit. Through Love e- this album. Through Epitaph and produced by Dan and Josh. The album has four singles, When We Were Young, Tear Gas, Deep Fake and A New Moral Low Ground. Again, all of which are absolute, absolute belters. bangers. All of which were released before the album. So the lyrics focus on social isolation, the role of technology and the mental health crisis and it has received mixed reviews. Oh. And it's funny because I had gotten like very into Architects uh, two years ago maybe. Like very into actually listening to them and not just Doomsday. <laughs> I started to really listen to them and then I, like the new album was coming out and I was excited for it and I was like I can't wait to hear Architects new stuff. And when it came out I was talking to different people and I was like oh my god Architects new album, Architects new album and everyone was like it's not good though. And I was like, are we listening to the same album? I really like this album. It's so good. Like every song is a banger. Yeah. Banger after banger after banger. And they play so many on their, their set, like at the moment, obviously, because it's their latest album. But like, I just so think they found their bangers. sound. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. They need to stick to it. And I feel like when Sam all those years ago was like, we don't get recognition. I feel like you've done it. You finally yeah, done it. You've yeah. got there. Like now you've got your sound. Yeah. Now you know what you're doing. There's the big choruses. There's like, an orchestra in the background but it's still metal and then there's yeah. like screaming and singing and good messages throughout <laughs> love it i wait to see next album they'll be like we just decided to go in the more electro techno oh no way or they'll be like this is hollow crown part two <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like i don't know a lot of people don't like it and it's funny because the same people who don't like this did like the previous one and i feel like they're similar yeah so i don't know I would have said these are very similar because I did that thing where I listened to them not in order because I was just fed up. So I was like, I'm going to listen to the most recent one. I was like, this is really good. And then I went back to the one just before this. This is really good. I think I preferred the other one slightly more, but I still also absolutely love the song. And then in March 2023, Josh Middleton announced that he was leaving the band. No. And things are said to have been amicable. Oh. So. Who's going to produce their albums then? I don't know. Because Dan and Josh were obviously like a winning combo because the last three albums were by them and they were all good. I was trying to find the controversies about yeah, Architects. This and is the bit we all live for. No pervert stories, thankfully. Love it. I mean, they sound like they're very intelligent pervert fellas. Pervert stories. So even if they're perverts, they're hiding it well. <laughs> they know what they're doing. Be, like by probability, there has to be at least one pervert in there. No, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, I couldn't find anything. The, the vegans, most controversial. They can't be <laughs> vegans can't be pedophiles. No, I said perverts. They can be pedophiles. <laughs> okay, vegans can't be perverts. That's the rule, apparently. The only controversial thing, it was actually, I think it was last year, in Australia, they were playing a gig and some guy, like, absolutely flipped out. Was it last year or was it further back? I can't remember. I should have written it down, but I was like, I'll remember that. 
No, I don't. Some guy like stormed on stage. It was recent because I saw it like play out on Twitter. And he was screaming and was being like, how dare you not honor Tom's legacy? You're so disrespectful to Tom and all. And I'd like to say, as someone who's been to several architect shows now, they always mention him. And like every show they mention him. Also rude. Yeah. Is this a brother like in the band? Yeah. Don't do that. Well, I think it's probably just because they weren't playing Hollow Crown. <laughs> I think he was like annoyed. <laughs> play Ohio's for lovers. If you really liked Tom, you'd play Hollow Crown. <laughs> what if that was that was the most controversial thing, thing about them. Then fair play to them. And like obviously they're outspoken, as I said, about different issues. Yeah. So like I suppose like that's controversial in an, in a different way. But like nothing negative. Nothing negative. Oh. And I'm just real happy, and I feel like they're up there in my favorite bands. And I love them. That was nice. I'm, I'm glad there's nothing in there because that was very sad. Yeah, it was so sad. Oh my God. Like, because I've been to the gigs and they always like honour him and all, I knew that someone died in the band. And then the more I learned, then I learned it was the twin. Then I learned how, what an integral part of the band he was. Yeah, I didn't know any of that. And he was there from the start and everything. And then I was like, this is just absolutely heartbreaking. I find it funny that because I know absolutely nothing about the band or like bands like this, it's a completely different lineup, but I never would have copped that, obviously, by listening to them. I'm like, it's the same band that did this first album. <laughs> it's definitely not. Well, it was only the other singer only did the first album. So, and like Sam hadn't found his voice in the second album anyway. So I don't really think you can tell much of a difference yeah. when you listen to them both. But yeah, now they seem like a wholesome bunch of like nice them. lads. It did remind me of them as in I would have skipped past Architects or I never would have been like, I'm going to put on an Architects album now. I'm like, I'm going to put on an Architects album. Yeah. I was listening to to the latest one actually in the car today and I was just having such a good time. Every time a song came on, I was like, oh, I love this one. And the next one came on, I was like, oh, I love this one. <laughs> Making those exact noises. Yeah, it's very awkward driving in a car with me. <laughs> so what is your song to skip? Song to skip. Okay, I have to find the name of a song to skip. What's yours? My song to skip is actually Heartburn. Oh. The one with the Westlife video. The Westlife one. I mean, the song doesn't sound like Westlife, but I found it really cheesy. And I was like, ooh, just not feeling this. Like, I fe- feel like that's what I expected the whole Here and Now album to sound like after, yeah. like, reading about it. I was like, oh, it's all going to be this ballady stuff. But, like, obviously it's not. My song skip is called, it's on Rune from 2007. It's called You'll Find Safety. I don't know. Because when I listened to it, it was like, there was no, it's all that, like, metal music where to me everything is playing a different thing and it's not like syncing up properly or there's no like cohesion to it and it's just all very chaotic it's mm. like <laughs> like the lyrics aren't matching what the drummer is doing the drummer is playing something completely different to like what the guitar is doing it's like they're all like let's just play this all really fast and heavy as we can I'm just gonna sing all these lyrics like this I actually wonder because I remember listening to one song and I was like the vocals sound like they're off time with the song. I wonder is it the same song? Could which be. Is funny it's just when you listen to it, I was like, so it'll be chaotic. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is, well, I'll do my song on repeat. Yes. Controversially enough, there's so many songs that I adore. So I thought it would be difficult. And I was listening and I was like, oh, I really like this one. I really like this one. But it's actually burned down my house from their, their new album. <laughs> because it was one that was on repeat before I saw them last year. When I started listening to the new album, I actually mm-hmm. kept going back to that. It sounds like Deftones. It doesn't really sound like Architects, actually. But I love it. Oh. I love it to the point that, like, my friend Steph, the beauty witch on Instagram, she has me in her phone as, like, Danny and then a house and then a fire emoji. <laughs> because it was, like, I went to the gig with her and it was our thing. We kept singing that song. 
I see. That's my song on repeat. What's yours? Mine is from Daybreaker. And it's a random one. But it's just one that I remember all the time. And I'm, when it comes on, I'm like, oh yeah, this song. It's These Colours Don't Run. Yeah. These Colours Don't Run. That's, that's the one in the middle of it. They're like, fuck a pig. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that part. But the pigs, they're vegan. <laughs> Maybe not when they did that song. So that's our little Architects episode. But we do have some more talk about what's coming for October. Yeah. So basically, our episodes usually come out every two weeks. But we are skipping the episode that's due in two weeks. And we're going to do another one then towards the end of October. Which is going to be a Halloween special. Spooky, spooky, spooky. We have loads planned. I'm really excited to record it, even though we haven't like written it yet. It's going to be a combo episode. We're both going to write it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, spooky things. I love Halloween so much. (laughs) It's my favorite time of year. I'm excited for it to get a bit cooler. Light some candles. Drink some pumpkin spice lattes. No, I don't. I don't even like them. Do you like them? Not really. They're gross. I like a lot of things related to that flavor, but the actual like bog standard pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks is not great. But I do get one every year. Just for the sake, just for the hell of it. Just yeah. to be the most yeah. basic of bitches. I just like the fact I can wear jumpers and boots and black. Um, not that I don't wear black anyway, but it's more acceptable. Uh, I've gotten very sick of my summer wardrobe and being like, I am sweating all the time and I don't have suitable clothes to wear to work where I'm not sweating. So yeah. I'm looking forward to being cold and wearing jumpers. I do quite like the cold, not the rain. Yeah, just the cold. But so excited. It's going to be a good episode and I get a let off because then I get more time to do my next episode. Yeah. I have picked my band. Oh. Just saying. Well, we'll announce that next time, will we? Yes. So yeah, that episode's going to go up on the 18th of October, all going well. Also in exciting news, because me and Claire are going to Manchester and Brussels, we are going to be filming lots of good cont. Cont, hashtag cont. For the social media. So follow us. I I think it's going to be on Instagram. Like, I'm not even going to say it's going to be on other social media because it's probably not. I'll probably run it through TikTok, but I just do that because it's easy to edit videos on TikTok. That's the only reason we have a TikTok. Can I tell you what one of the funniest things I learned at the weekend was? Hmm. The fact that you can change the website that a QR code leads you to. (laughs) No, that ruined my life. That absolutely ruined my life. That was hilarious. Who said that? Did Jody say that? Jody said that, oh, I was yeah. going to punch him in the face. I know. <laughs> was just like, he was like, why did you not just do that? I was like... <laughs> Pure silence. I was like... Mm. <laughs> oh, listen. We're still learning. We're, we're still, still learning. learning. We next just time, make things up time. as we go along. Yeah. But yeah, follow us on social media. So our Instagram is at Foundations of Emo. And it's the same on TikTok. And then on Twitter, we are Foundations Emo because our name's too long. But... As I said, it'll mainly be on Instagram, the content. And I think we're going to film little little videos, little maybe a little some vlogs. Maybe a little some some. A little some some. Some fresh cunt. <laughs> Let us know what you think of this episode. Let us know if there's any facts that we missed out on that we don't know of. Is no, there any Then that makes me look like I'm bad at my no, job. somebody <laughs> might have a fact that's not Googleable. Okay. You know? Okay. <laughs> Danny like, doesn't like being wrong. It's actually a really bad problem that I have. So please find out some stuff that we can tell her about and she'll hate us. Okay, bye. Bye.